Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, we're waiting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Fonseca, Editor-in-Chief over at GolfUnfiltered.com. We are coming at you live from the new headquarters of GolfUnfiltered.com. My wife and I, as you guys know, have recently moved to a new home, uh, good old Lamont, Illinois, home of Cog Hill, which has now become my uh, practice facility of choice. Um, It's a great little town, those of you who are familiar of the uh, uh, Chicagoland area. Uh, So that's really the main reason why we didn't have a podcast last week. But I knew heading into this week, we got the U.S. Open that starts tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So we wanted to have another podcast. No guests today. Just a little bit of uh, back and forth from me to you. Uh, Really, I guess it's just a one-way communication from me to you since, you know, you're not saying anything to me. Uh, but I want to give you a little bit of uh, insight or at least a few of my thoughts and picks on who's going to win this week, as well as who to look out for for those of you who are uh, possibly fantasy golf players or anyone who likes to put a few uh, dollars down on the majors. Before I go any further, you can follow us on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. You can follow us on Instagram as well at Golf Unfiltered. We have a Facebook fan page. Send me emails. Please do. And many of you do, and I appreciate every time that you do. Adam at GolfUnfiltered.com. So... Really, the main uh, topic of discussion, of course, is the U.S. Open. We are at Oakmont uh, starting off tomorrow morning. Chances are, when you hear this podcast, uh, players will be on the course. It is 6 p.m. right now on uh, Wednesday afternoon, at least Central Standard Time. So uh, we've been hearing a lot already uh, this past week on the difficulty of the golf course. Everyone is talking about how difficult Oakmont's going to play, and that's absolutely true. If you're on Twitter for more than... 50 seconds, you're going to see a few pictures, a few Instagram videos, a few vines of how high the rough is, of how fast the greens are at Oakmont, as well as how difficult it's just going to play for these guys. And that's, you know, to use a very tired pun, on par with U.S. Open golf. We've seen it for years. We will continue to see it, I believe, for as long as uh, at least Mike Davis is the president of the United States Golf Association. And we're going that, to, that's just what's going to happen at this tournament. Now, there are mixed opinions on whether or not that's a good thing for the game. No idea. I personally don't enjoy watching the best players in the world struggle. Um, there's a, a great podcast out there, uh, Tour Junkies Podcast. Shout out to you guys if you are listening today. They interviewed uh, their most recent episode, Stephen Bowditch, who, in all intents and purposes, hasn't been playing all that great as of late. So take his opinion with a grain of salt, of course. But on their podcast, uh, Stephen Bowditch said that he would be tickled pink. I think the phrase he used was twiddling his thumbs if he finished at 10 over. That's incredible. And that's just silly talk for professional golfers to score that high. So 
you know, based on what we've seen, based on what we saw in 2007 when Angel Cabrera won that U.S. Open the last time it was held at Oakmont, we're going to see some high scoring. I don't necessarily believe that makes for good television viewing. Um, I'm sure that there are people who disagree with that. Uh, I've never understood why you want to make a golf course so god-awful difficult for the best players in the world to just, I don't know, have a seven-hour round for people to watch. It just doesn't make for good television viewing. Now, granted, you know, it's also Father's Day weekend, those of you who are fathers. Um, I have no kids, um, but hopefully that'll change in the near future. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always been a great uh, opportunity for those of us to sit with our dads, our grandfathers, you know, if they're still around, to sit and watch U.S. Open golf. And that's, that's certainly a big draw to this tournament for this week. We're going to continue to see that. It's still going to be there. It's going to be a fun time to watch, uh, sit there and watch. But I don't know. I just I'm not looking forward to high scores. As I mentioned earlier, there's going to be a you know uh, I was only half exaggerating. We might see six and a half hour rounds, especially from the leaders, come the weekend on a golf course that apparently was running. The greens are running at 14 on the step meter today during the practice round, which typically they run at most I believe 10 to 11. That's just incredible. It's it's incredible in all the bad ways that of that word, of bad connotations of that word. But anyway, that's what we're going to get. And, you know, that obviously brings into mind, you know, uh, which players, what type of player is going to succeed the most or play the best on a golf course like this. Now, just a little bit more about Oakmont. It's not an extremely long course. It's only going to play to about 7,200 yards, which is not the longest golf course in the world. There are certainly, or there have been certain, uh, there certainly have been um, golf courses that have played longer than that. Uh, Think of Chambers Bay last year. I believe they stretched that thing out uh, incredibly long next year at Aaron Hills that's going to, they're talking rumors about it being playing 78, 79 hundred yards, which is ridiculous again. But Oakmont is not a long course. So uh, on that Tour Junkies podcast again, uh, another shout out to you guys. Stephen Bowditch said that a lot of players can get through the front nine without hitting driver once. You know, these are guys that are, you know, the longer guys on tour. We're going to talk about a few of those a little bit later in this show uh, because they're going to be favorites, and they're the guys that can step up to the tee, bust a fairway wood hybrid, maybe even a two-iron, one of those driving irons, down the middle of the pipe because that's what you need to do, especially since the uh, rough and everything else is going to be so punitive. Tonight, as I pause for another drink, we are drinking a Wobble India Pale Ale from Two Brothers. You've heard me talk about this brewing company a few times. Love it. It's a great IPA for those of you who are interested. So, at any rate, not a long golf course. It's going to be a, uh, as it is with any U.S. Open, it's going to be how well your course management uh, is uh, for those who are playing. Now, uh, from what I've seen, I've never been to Oakmont in the Pittsburgh area, but from what I've seen being having been reported this week and even prior to this week, it's all about placement. There is no water on the golf course. There's a million bunkers. Everyone talks about the church pew bunkers uh, as well that you'll see. And if you land in the rough, if you land in the bunkers, it's basically a hazard. That's where Oakmont will get you. That's where the strokes begin to add up. And so, traditionally, 
U.S. Opens are won by those players who can make the most pars, and every so often, a birdie or two. We're not going to see a ton of birdies per round per player. We're going to see players trying to survive out there. And again, this is the same thing we see every U.S. Open. So when you talk about favorites and you talk about those players who you want to keep an eye on, especially those of you who like to bet or play you know, fantasy golf, what have you, you want to look at those players that make a lot of pars traditionally. Uh, those names that pop to mind, obviously, Jason Day. You know, he makes a lot of pars. He's very aggressive. But is does he have the game and the personality to play well this week at Oakmont? Personally, I don't feel that he does. Now, a lot of folks will disagree with that. In fact, most players, or most people, uh, will consider him the favorite. In fact, uh, U.S. Open betting odds that I'm looking at right here uh, by pattypower.com. I have no idea how reputable this website is. I've never heard of it before in my life. But they have him listed at 7-1 to one to win. And uh, granted, there's a lot behind that. He's the number one player in the world. He's coming off a wind, uh, win. He's extremely playing extremely well. But he's very erratic. He, uh, he likes to go out and just pound the ball as far as he can. He's one of the longest drives, uh, one, one of the longest drivers on tour, one of the longest players in general, and that's what he's going to try to do at this golf course. That's why he was so successful uh, last year at the PGA as well. I don't know if you can do that on this course. I think that he's going to run into trouble. Quite frankly, I would not be surprised if he missed the cut. I just don't feel that he has the game mentality or the. Uh, I've said the word a few times, the game personality that matches Oakmont. Next on the list is Rory McIlroy at 15-2. Another guy that likes to go out and just pound the ball. He is erratic off the tee every so often. He's extremely deadly from, you know, with his middle irons and in. He's a decent putter now that he's gone back to the conventional grip. I see Rory finishing better or higher on the leaderboard than Jason Day. Then you've got Jordan Spieth at 10 to 1. Jordan Spieth, the defending champion, obviously everyone loved to see what he did last year at Chambers Bay. Kind of came from behind to uh, overtake Dustin Johnson. And, and of course, Dustin Johnson, who's actually number four in the odds at 14 to 1, missed, you know, he three putted the 18th green. Kind of, well, maybe not handed it to Jordan Spieth, but he certainly, uh, certainly helped out in that regard. But Spieth. Even though he he's come off coming off a win at the Colonial, hasn't been playing all that awesome. He is extremely erratic these days off the tee box, which is going to hurt him much like Jason Day. And Spieth, while not one of the shorter hitters on tour, he's certainly not one of the longest. That could get him in trouble. So Dustin Johnson, on the other hand, another everyone knows how long he hits the ball. He's the athlete. Everyone talks about that cliche about him. He's a guy that, as I just mentioned, finished second at Chambers. He's my favorite this week, and for many reasons. He's been playing extremely well. He also has a win this year. He is... Oh, I'm sorry. He does not have a win this year. He's actually winless, but he's been playing very well. He's been playing you know, top five golf in many of the tournaments, whether or not he actually finishes in the top five. And what I mean by that is he's certainly playing well enough to do so uh, at least what we see on television. Now, others have been playing better than him, 
pushing him down the leaderboard a little bit, but he's certainly, his game is uh, at a level that would convince me at least that he is the favorite leading into this week. So there's there's a lot that goes into those those top four players, you know, and, and I'm sure that if you were to talk to anybody else, they could probably place and rank these players in different positions. But then you see kind of this steep drop-off uh, in players as far as being favorites. I mean, you've got Ricky Fowler, 28 to 1. Ricky has not been playing all that great. He's got missed cuts every so often, and uh, I believe he's actually missed the last two cuts uh, that he's played. Phil Mickelson, again, hot and cold. He's certainly trying to uh, win that career grand slam finally. It's the one major that's missing from his resume. He's also at 28 to 1. Adam Scott, Justin Rose, also 28 to 1. I don't see any of those players moving up the leaderboard at Oakmont. I just don't see their their games fitting that golf course. Now, why to go back to Dustin Johnson, someone who tries to overpower a golf course? Why do I feel so high on him as opposed to Jason Day and Rory McIlroy when I just said that they also try to overpower a golf course? Because, quite frankly, Dustin Johnson is a better putter than those two most of the time. Yes, I know that that... What I just mentioned about Chambers with his three-putt would lend itself to say, hey, Adam, you're crazy. And Jason Day is an amazing putter when he's when he's on his uh, you know his peak. He's a peak and valley player. But pay attention to Dustin Johnson when he putts. This guy is typically pretty rock solid. And I'm gonna be I'm pulling up the putting stats right here uh, on the PGA Tour for 2016 so far. And as this comes up, you know he's sneaky good with the flat stick. And I think that's really going to be, I mean, this is obvious. It's going to play, uh, pay huge dividends for him over at Oakmont if he can continue his trend. And so uh, as I scroll down here on this, I'm looking at the, the PGA Tour stats for putting. And I'm going to go into uh, the strokes gain putting statistic, which if you follow me on Twitter, again, golf unfil- at Golf Unfiltered, you know I've got mixed opinions on the uh, strokes gain statistics. I don't think they're all that great. Uh, but... You know, Dustin Johnson, if you look at this, and this is going to make me eat my words a little bit, but he is ranked 46th in this statistic. I mean, that that would lend itself to say that he's not that great, obviously. But just watching him play and watching him when he's in the hunt and watching him when he's at the top of the leaderboard, he just seems to drop putts when he needs to, with, of course, the exception of Chambers Bay. This is a guy, when he gets in trouble at a golf course, he gets in trouble with just silly mental mistakes off the green, you know, before he reaches the, the green. And we've seen many, many examples of that over the years, and this is why he doesn't have that first major. Now, the first player, for those of you who are, who are wondering, number one on this strokes game putting is Jason Day. And so, if Jason Day ends up competing, which again, I'm going to stick to it. I don't. I, I honestly don't think he makes the cut. Uh, he, I just feel he's way too erratic off the tee, and I think that he tries a little uh, way too hard to make shots that uh, happen that don't necessarily have to happen with at least his game plan. But if he's in the hunt, and certainly if he's on the first page of, le- page of the leaderboard, it's going to be because of his putting. If you were to believe the strokes gained putting statistic. Now, just for the sake, and I'm doing this, uh, I did not 
prep this at all, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, that strokes gain putting again, number two on that list, by the way, is Steve Stricker, which, you know, I don't think anyone would agree or disagree to suggest that he's not necessarily a favorite for this week. But, you know, I'm looking at uh, just the overall putting uh, dashboard here on PGATour.com. Let's take a look at total one putts from, oh, let's say 20 to 25 feet. And the reason I'm looking at that is because, you know, uh, when you have a golf course that's going to play as fast as Oakland, players have said, and I believe Stephen Bowditch said, uh, again, for the third shout-out at the Tour Junkies podcast, that you're not so worried about that first putt. You're worried about the second putt. You're worried about that comebacker that may have, in some instances, run further past the hole than what your first putt originally was. So now I'm looking at total putts from 20 to 25 feet. Uh, Charles Howe III, for those who are wondering, is ranked number one. Jason Duffner, number two. Um, And where's our good friend DJ here? Let's find this out together. I am already in the 30s. I have not yet seen him. And so... As far as statistics go, all of this is pointing against my prediction that Dustin Johnson's going to finish high. What's really interesting, now that I'm looking at this, is that Phil Mickelson is actually ranked 85th on putts from 20 to 25 feet. That's that's really interesting here. So, for the sake, as I continue to look for Dustin Johnson, wow, this isn't really working out for my argument. But another example here is Jason Day. He's actually tied for 114th from putts between 20 to 25 feet. So he doesn't make many long ones. And it looks like, as I continue to scroll down, Dustin Johnson, there he is. He is at, he's tied for 140th on putts from 20 to 25 feet. So that's not a good indicator as far as what he might uh, do over at Oakmont. But then again, it might be. We'll never know. But at any rate, I think by now, with all this rambling that I've been doing, it's, it's, it's clear that this is more of a gut-feeling prediction uh, for Dustin Johnson, uh, for me, picking Dustin Johnson. So there's a, there are many, many guys on this, this, uh, in this field who have an opportunity. We've already named many of them. But let me know who you think is your favorite, or, or let me know who your favorite is. Reach out to me on Twitter, at Golf Unfiltered. Reach out to me on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram as well. And let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know why I'm wrong. I may have already given you enough information to tell me why I'm wrong, just looking at putt statistics. But uh, let me know what you think. Let me know who you think is going to finish higher. I know everyone's going to be watching this week, um, uh, especially on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. But also pay attention for those of you who are uh, subscribers to PGA Tour Live or who have the uh, U.S. Open app on your phone or, or on your device. Pay attention to Thursday and Friday. You know, there's a lot of great golf that's played on those days. And really, on a, co- a course that is this difficult and on a course that's going to play difficult throughout four days, how players perform on Thursday to set themselves up to kind of establish that baseline for the future performance is, is very critical. But even more critical is how they respond to their play in the second round. They're going to have a lot of players are going to make and break their entire tournament on that back nine of the first round leading into the front nine 
of round two. And what I mean by that, if you get beat up and if you put a huge number up on day one, especially on that back nine, I mean, as much as we hate to admit it, golf is a game, is a mental game. And any sport is all about emotions and managing that, managing the psyche and putting in the uh, the mental work as much as the physical work on the range and responding to situations when they don't go the way that you planned. So looking forward to this week. Uh, again, Dustin Johnson's my pick. Um, I've given you every reason to tell me I'm wrong <laughs> already in this podcast, but please let me know other reasons. Why do you think I'm wrong? Who do you think I should root for? Again, reach out to me on Twitter at Golf Unfiltered. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com as well. Now, I'm going to cut it short this week. I just wanted to get out a really quick podcast for you folks. Uh, I've been uh, neglecting the podcast uh, (laughs) airwaves or whatever over the past few weeks. And again, uh, as I said the last time I recorded, if you're interested in being a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out to me by any of the methods I mentioned earlier. I'm more than happy to to welcome you on the show. We can talk about whatever you want. I want this to be a very social uh, atmosphere, and I want us to talk to each other. Uh, I feel and I've received feedback uh, to this effect that the best shows are those shows where uh, the guests are those people that you want me to talk to. So let me know it, who you think I should reach out to as well. And if you're an equipment manufacturer or or a, a, a employee of an original equipment manufacturer or anything of that nature and you want to be on the show, feel free to do so as well. You know that we've got a lot of interest among the readers who visit our site in golf equipment golf specifications, all that fun stuff. Uh, So with that, I'm going to cut you guys, I'm going to cut off here. Uh, Looking forward to a great uh, U.S. Open weekend, Um, even though it's probably going to be difficult to watch with all the bogeys being made, but hey, we're all going to experience it together. And until we talk again next week, hopefully, this is your buddy Adam signing off. Adam.